98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Bigly Blast. People do not change overnight, and yet the minute he turned 37, Chris Paul seemed to lose all ability to play basketball. And just hours before his 25th birthday, Kyler Murray was signing autographs for 45 minutes long after the red and white practice was over. And that, folks, is encouraging. And that's because we've heard from a lot of people about Kyler Murray's substantial growth entering year four. Cliff Kingsbury said his quarterback is dramatically different, and we saw bits of it in his Angry Bird press conference when he vehemently defended his football preparation habits. And the autograph session on Saturday was another small step in the right direction. Now, one of my hidden hopes for the upcoming season is the awakening of Kyler Murray, the maturation of a young phenom becoming an adult, recognizing the world around him through the eyes of a real leader and a man. Not as a kid as Kyler has often referred to himself ever since he's been in Arizona. Remember, it doesn't happen overnight. Larry Fitzgerald is considered one of the greatest ambassadors in NFL history and there was a time when you couldn't get him to sit still to answer a question. There was a time when he told a locker room attendant to have the showers running the moment he walked off a field so he could be gone before the media even entered the room. That's a true story and why people don't change overnight they do grow up, sometimes on the job, sometimes right in front of our very eyes. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I refuse to, to let my work ethic and my preparation be, um, be in question. You know, I've put an incomprehensible amount of uh, time and and blood, sweat, tears, and work into what I do, uh, whether whether it's football or baseball. You know, people can't even comprehend the amount of time that it takes to, to do two sports at a high level in college, you know, let alone do it, you know, be the first person to do it ever at, at my size. It's, like I said, this is... Um it's funny, but I, you know, to, to those of you out there that believe that I'd be standing here today in front of y'all without having a work ethic and without preparing, I'm, I'm honored that you think that. But um, it it doesn't exist. It's not. It's not possible. It's not possible. So um, that's all I have on that. If y'all want to talk about football or um, anything else. <laughs> That seems like it was months ago. Yeah. Uh, that was July 28th. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, you know, impromptu stepping up to the microphone. We know what that led to. Uh, it was reported that the clause had already been taken out by the point mm-hmm. the time Kyler Murray spoke. It just wasn't announced. I, I don't know. It was a goofy story. Yeah. I, I get the heart of it. I like the message there. I like that he was bothered by whatever he was bothered by, whether it was the suggestion by the Cardinals to have the clause in there. The people that were saying, yeah, absolutely put that clause in there. It's clear he doesn't work that hard from from the fan base, social media trolls, whatever. I'm glad he has that attitude. Right. Um, and I think Kyler Murray, for a number of reasons, Bick, has always had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. The size comes to mind. He made reference to it in that press availability several times. It's something that he's dealt with yeah. and overcome to become where he is, and that is a highly paid NFL quarterback. But I think this this makes the chip a little bit bigger. Um, and I think that's a good thing mm-hmm. for, for a guy at this stage of his career like well, Kyler Murray is. If, if you take away – when Kyler Murray, a, a lot of the stuff that he did after Eric Burkhardt uh, came hard at Michael Bidwell, not once but twice – 
uh, the work that he did after that, there was a, a level of emotional maturity to it. There was a level of, OK, you know what? I think my agent's done really ticked off everybody here. And I've got to I, I got to show these guys what I'm all about. And there were a lot of people who interpreted his actions leading up to the contract as just being money motivated. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was a lot of that involved. There was a lot of the counseling with his agent. Listen, Kyler, I got to be the bad cop. You go be the good cop. I got to light these fires. You got to go put them out. This is the way this game has got to work. Trust us. We know what we're doing. We're going to get you your money. I think I think along the way, there have been signs that Kyler Murray has grown up a little bit, and I think this is paramount to everything. Um, not, not to go too far back in time and not to doing this to embarrass Kyler Murray, but there was a time coming out of college that he sat down to do a radio interview with Dan Patrick, and as you, as you pointed out, and as a lot of people have, it was one of the weirdest, most awkward things you've ever heard in your life, and it was it, and the only explanation for it was that of a shield ath- shielded athlete who didn't have the awareness around him that he needed. It was, it was a, a bad concept in the first place. Yeah. For Kyler Murray at that point, and in that interview took place on Super Bowl Radio Row, so mm-hmm. it was ahead of the Combine there was no announcement on whether or not Kyler Murray was going to go to the Combine, if he was going to play baseball, if he was going to play football. So doing an interview at that point, I don't care what product you're, you're, right. you're hawking at that point. You right. know you're going to get asked about it by a right. pro like Dan Patrick. Right. So that was just ill-conceived from the get-go. It was very awkward, and it was not a good first step uh, toward being a professional quarterback. No. And I think that's probably something behind the scenes that uh, the Kyler Murray camp would regret doing. I think there's a fascinating psychology throughout all of this. I think the growing of a young quarterback with the with the physical deficiencies, if that's what you want to label them, um, it, it, I think there have had been a lot of walls put up and a lot of protection around him and I think that there's you know there's been a lot of uh, a lot of parental uh, direction involved in this and and I think it, it, I, I've noticed this as just an anecdotal thing I've noticed this when he's constantly hanging out in college gyms or at college athletic events and I'm like I don't know how usual this is for a quarterback in entering his fourth year in the NFL to, to still be so integrated in the college scene. But to me, and this is just me, I'm not stating this as a fact. I'm just stating this as how I interpret it. I think it just speaks to a kid who's just been slow to come around the bend in terms of emotional maturity. And there's a lot of people like that. I was like that. There's a ton of people who it doesn't really click in until you're 24, 25. It doesn't always happen at 21. You know, not everybody is Tom Brady. Yeah. Ever hear of that guy? <laughs> so can't believe you said right. the name. Yeah. So to me, I think this is for all the stuff, for all the nonsense, and for all the real life question marks we have about Kyler Murray as a pocket passer, as a leader, as a guy who can withstand an NFL season. So much of this gets taken care of just through general maturation, through through the awakening, uh, through a young man, be, a young guy becoming an adult, well, a let, young boy becoming a man. Let's face it, the financial aspect, that accelerates the whole process too. It's not exactly like Uncle Ben talking to Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but with great money comes great responsibility when you're a pro quarterback and that that needs yeah. to be on the to-do list but here's like we talked about the attitude of of others what kyler murray is facing as a fourth year quarterback now with this new contract secured uh this is from nate davis usa today 
his preseason power rankings. We've got the Cardinals at number 22, which is right in line with pretty much all the power rankings I've seen so far, mm-hmm. whether or not you put stock into them. But the comment is, it remains to be seen if $230.5 million can buy you happiness, leadership, maturity, or even a playoff win. Regardless, quarterback Kyler Murray, who owns a 22-24-1 record in the NFL, will always be 43-0 and in high school. A data point he believes remains germane. Ooh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know how germane it is because this is these are different levels of football. But that's is, also that's the maturation thing I'm talking about. But that's also him taking a shot at Kyler for Without that for that press availability what, when he brought saying, it up. So for saying, how dare you accomplish? How dare you question my work ethic when this is what I've accomplished? Yeah. They're two different things. Yeah, I, listen, I, I noticed that. Ky- a lot of Kyler Murray's defensiveness about this, it's it's a little different. When you talk about semantics, it's not exactly preparation. It's not film study. He's saying, how do you think I got here without working? A- and nobody a- nobody doubts he, he puts in physical work. You know, he loves being in the gym. He loves lifting weights. That much is clear. Mm-hmm. So a, a guy like that, I, I, who's accomplished as much as he has, who spends as much time lifting as he does, probably thinks, what the heck? What, what's the matter with you, Pete? What else do you want from me? But again, that's just that's that's the emotional maturity part where he's got to realize, wow, this is not the same. And and as Bill Cowher said, maybe that comes to him naturally. But I just think that that Kyler Murray's been a very interesting case from day one. Yes. We've heard reports from day one. The Bart Scotts, the Brock Hewards, they were obviously hearing good information that the team was vehemently denying. Clearly they were. And 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 clearly it was coming from inside the team. I, I mean, where did where do you think Chris Mortensen got that stuff on Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, it's just it, 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 to me, this just didn't materialize out of thin air. This wasn't just Michael Bidwell going, "I got to pay what? How much? Okay, I've got to get some security. I got to feel better about this. I'm a, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night." It wasn't like that. No, this was this was a real. I, I, like I told you, I really honestly believe that Michael Bidwell was on a war path after last year's playoff loss in Los Angeles, and and in in probably getting all over his general manager and his head coach. They are all probably. Oh no! It's not just me. Look, it's it's him. It's him. It's him. And and I think it 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 formed an opinion in Michael Bidwell's head that the team could not unravel. Yeah, because yeah, that certainly holds water to me. Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, you can just pay us. You can pay but us. Don't trust that. Guy. Yeah, we. This guy has got. This is the guy that's got to get get to it here. It's not us. It's never. Yeah. Us. No. So again, I I, I hope. <laughs> I hope that signing autographs is step one into the, just the the atonement, the redemption, mm-hmm. whatever the arrival, whatever you want to call it yeah, of I, this kid. I thought that was a, a, a great gesture. The fact that he I was agree. By, by far the last one on the field. Uh, I thought that was a good look for Kyler Murray on Saturday. Coming up next, we'll take a look into our crystal balls for the Cardinal season. Who steps up? Who maybe takes a step back down towards Earth? We'll get to that next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Akshin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Bickley and Marana. 
Y'all have been the same, man. I, I think people just, it's a lot of outside noise. Um, this guy, he's not going to be the rah-rah guy every day. You know, he's not, that's not me. That's not him. I think he just leads by example, and when he needs to speak up, you know, everybody listens. So, um, I think people I look at a quarterback as he has to be that vocal guy. Man, it's so different. There's so many different ways to lead, and you know his his way might not be the way Tom Brady leads, but he's still one of the best quarterbacks that played this game. That's AJ Green, receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, on his quarterback and the leadership style of uh, Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray, we don't. We just talked about it again. Got the big contract moving forward. He got what he desired this offseason, maybe ahead of the schedule that the Cardinals had in mind, but now it's behind them and they move forward together. Uh, what kind of a year will Kyler Murray have? Now, I know this is based in the fantasy football world, but I came across this, uh, this article today on ESPN.com where they had their panel of fantasy experts pick. Uh, ten of them answer questions on sleepers, busts, breakouts for 2022. All right. Uh, quarterback busts. So all ten of them made a vote. One quarterback had more votes than Kyler Murray. It was Aaron Rodgers. Six of the ten say uh, Aaron Rodgers will be a fantasy football bust this year. The reasons are clear. Mm-hmm. Um he lost Devontae Adams, his, his leading receiver. Now, can he make Alan Lazard into that top guy? Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that can make players better than they are. Mm-hmm. I think that occurs. But, yeah, I would expect some sort of drop-off. Three of the voters, uh, Joe Kaiser, uh, along with Eric Moody and Fee, uh, excuse me, uh, Kyle Soppy, I guess it is, uh, they picked Kyler Murray. The the reasons are less clear. I, I'm assuming it's because of a six-game absence for DeAndre Hopkins. That his I, fantasy numbers I, would... I, yeah, I, I but guess. There's no rationale or explanation to it. Uh, Joe Burrow also got a vote, too. For Really? Which I thought was interesting. Okay. Maybe yeah. it's just, hey, he can't get to that standard again because Maybe. he had such a magical year. Maybe. I don't... I, I'm more curious to see what the offense looks like then I am afraid of what the offense looks like with DeAndre Hopkins. And that might be foolish on my part, considering what we all witnessed last year. But it's been such a vocal focus about correcting that. When you hear the head coach say, yeah, I've got to do a better job of, of you know, being productive offensively without DeAndre Hopkins. So a whole offseason wow. to, to scheme for this. I think will will lead to, but and yet, but and yet, look at how many how many reps is Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown taken with the rest of the team so far? How many have they taken with the offensive line? It, so like one I, day's worth. Yeah, what was that? That yeah. one day at uh, OTAs I, in minicamp. I don't know. See, to, to me, I've got a I've got a healthy portion of fear to be honest with you because watching the last six games of the season last year, they, this team there were some abomination series, some three and outs. There were there were some games where the first play of the game was Kyler Murray running frantically to his left and getting tackled two yards, sliding down two mm-hmm. yards behind the line of scrimmage. You're like, this is how we're starting this? Uh, th- there was a lot of there was a lot of incoherence to this offense without DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm, I am a little bit afraid. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit afraid. Not, I, I'm not going to contradict myself because I do think the growth in Kyler Murray is going to lift everybody and everything. But at the same time, it just it seemed to be such a struggle without D-Hop at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in the category of running back busts, James Conner of the Cardinals – got four votes. Again, there's no individual rationale for mm-hmm. that. That one's easier to diagnose for me. Yeah. And that, same. to me, is just 
James Conner had an outstanding season finding the end zone. It's hard to score 15 touchdowns every year. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. No. Um, so that that's why you expect that drop his, off. His, his fury... His reliability in the red zone, particularly for a team that had struggled to score via the pass in the red zone, I think made everybody just love him because he was one. He's one of those kind of running backs that that really that, that inspires you watching him. The guys that can absorb a lot of con- the contact, dish a lot of it out, truck over somebody when necessary. Those are the kind of guys that get you jumping out of your seat, going yeah. Then then you throw in the plays he made in the passing game, and you're like, wow, this guy's like borderline superstar. And now there are uh, predictions from some, among them Peter King, who said he might be the NFL's leading rusher. He might be the NFL's rushing king this year. And I'm like, okay, so I see that. I see the fact of a potential big-time disappointment happening. Because he was 3.7 yards per carry last year. And he was right around 200 carries. I, yeah. I, I just don't see that workload getting that much bigger either. Yeah. And in right, exactly. So, so to me, uh, the the Kyler Murray bust thing, I don't see that happening. But James Conner um, not living up to expectations, I can definitely see that happening. Uh, the category of wide receiver sleepers, one Cardinal got a vote from Tristan Cockcroft, Rondell Moore, Arizona Cardinals. I was a mm. bit surprised that he didn't get a little bit more love in that category. And again, going back to the time. To prepare for an absence of one of your best players in Hopkins. What did we see in the second half of last year, independent? Maybe it wasn't even independent of Hopkins not being there, but Rondell Moore's usage was weird. It was oh, yeah. <laughs> it was very, very horizontal. And I think that's one of the reasons why the offense struggled. Now, he had some injury issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see the amount of preparation that went into... Th- you know this off season leading up to the six game suspension for Hopkins, how they can utilize Rondale Moore differently. Yeah, I, I don't think he's solely that change of pace horizontal guy where you throw it to him short and hope for him to break something. That that didn't work out very successfully last year. I'd like to see him get stretched a little bit more vertically. Well, I think he's going to have to. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I, we're all hoping that Hollywood Brown's going to be fine by week one and ready to take the top off of a defense, but. You know, I I would be really I would be very afraid of that. I would be very afraid of a of a of an offense early on that does not does not instill not only fear but respect in a defense that just creeps everybody closer and closer to the line of scrimmage and and you've got no way to negate that. That would be a worst case scenario. So I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah, but that uh, he'll be leaned on heavily. Yeah. I believe yeah. very early in the season. Well, and, it, and he better be, and they be, they better get these guys open down the field. That's the goal. When you go out and you bring in Hollywood wow. Brown, that's got to be the key. It's not all up to him. It's you know got to be some scheme involved, too. An interesting step, could take a step forward, could take a step back guy, and I don't know which one it could be, is J.J. Watt. Without Chandler Jones there, because he was he was very effective, in the, but he only played, what, how many games did he play? Eight? Uh, it was like seven or eight, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to expect from J.J. Watt this year. Um. From a statistical standpoint, I you know, with all due respect to him, I think his twenty sack days are over. Um, I would love it if I was wrong on that because that would be exciting to watch. I think his presence is is bigger than everything anything else. Now he does contribute um, statistically still, but 
um, that was, you know, when he was not on the field, that defense was yeah. a different looking defense, too. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue to talk some football with the one and only Dave Damashek. He'll join us straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Monday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios, taking you up till 10 o'clock today. It's always a pleasure when we welcome our next guest. Talk a little football, whatever else pops up with the one and only Dave Damashek, who joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, how are you, man? Well, I'm well. Wait, you want to talk about football? I assumed you were calling me because you wanted to weigh the pros and cons of the Coyotes bringing Phil Kessel back. But okay, oh. <laughs> we can talk about whatever. It's your show. Yeah, I thought that's I never going to talk happen. to you about the Pirates Diamondbacks beginning a high-powered. No, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> listen, listen. Tip your cap to baseball. Same too to the NBA and the NHL. They all combined to serve their annual purpose, which was to bridge the gap between football seasons. <laughs> and now we made it to the other end. Thank you on behalf of a grateful sports nation. Now to Pigskin. Yes, and uh, right here in our own backyard, it's been the weirdest offseason ever for the oh. Arizona Cardinals from <laughs> from missives from agents to contract extensions to COVID to criminal speeding to, you know, you name it. it, it it's been strange. I mean, what are your thoughts on what the Cardinals have gone through, uh, specifically on the Kyler Murray front, Dave? Well, number one there is, uh, speaking of Kyler, what you, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you 100%. It really points to the catch-22 of, of being a pro football franchise is that when you get what you consider to be the real deal at QB, and Kyler Murray has presented as being that, as you come up to the end of the rookie contract, then you have to make the big decision. Are you going to give that guy a gargantuan, you know, I, I was about to say eight figure. How many figures is there? Are, are there in a in a in a two hundred? Yeah, I don't know. Nine. Whatever. Yeah, nine. Something right. million. Whatever <laughs> right. it is, two hundred million. It's something grotesque to to us normal people. But uh, yeah, it, it's funny because you can't let the guy out of the building because you don't want to reboot and have to do it all over again. But on the other hand, the Cardinals, as you can tell, aren't one hundred percent sold on. Uh, on Kyler Murray being the guy witnessed the fact that they gave him a homework assignment. They shamed him publicly. Four hours of study hall he got committed to. He's, he's Anthony Michael Hall in the Breakfast Club right. all of a sudden. But but he's also he's also the face of the franchise. I don't know how to feel about it if I'm a Cardinals fan today. No, you're, you're it's clear. You, they don't love him. You, right. You're right about that. So so how, how do you think, what are some obvious ways that this thing plays out? Because it's pretty clear now, Kyler Murray can't do anything without trolls getting on him about homework assignments now. And that is that's something the Cardinals created here. It's a mess. It's you know, it's that old thing about the relationships. Uh, you know, I, I love everything about you. Now change. It's basically <laughs> like, yeah, Tyler, you're our guy, but uh, but uh, you know, how about a little bit, a little effort for the team? Um, I, I, you know, what it is, the the whole thing. You know, the other guy. I don't know if you heard about the 45 year old man in uh, in the Tampa St. Pete area who tried, while he was on the New England Patriots, had his agent reach out to a division foe in Miami to see about coordinating all that. Somehow he gets away with with, uh, 
whatever he wants to. But what his uh, previous stop up there in New England proved was nobody cares if you win. You know, yeah. ever like that whether we want to get up on Mount Pius about the behavior of a player or an organization and whether or not they cross the line in uh, by the U.S. criminal standard or by pigskin standards and, and gaming the game like Belichick and Brady did, it kind of all goes away if you win. That's what the Cardinals need to do. No one will care about this in uh, – in your neck of the woods, if the team is you know track is in the same right. boat that they were a year ago, which is atop the NFC West, I have my my concerns about whether or not they can do that. Yeah. Dave Damashek, uh, host of the Minus Three podcast, joins us here on uh, the Bickley and Murata mornings. Uh, in your neck of the woods, your team, I was a little surprised to hear you so excited about football starting with all the uncertainty at the quarterback position for your beloved Steelers. How how is that going, and how do you feel about it, Dave? Yeah, listen, like we talked about before, I love it. I love the spirit of it. We won't have to render a judgment for at least a year, maybe three on Kenny Pickett. In the meantime, I can enjoy that the kid who I enjoyed watching play on that same field in blue and gold, his reward was getting to put on the black and gold. You got to take the shot. What are we, you know, in the age of free agency and, you know, legitimately, you, you see Bill Russell pass away in Vince Scully. And you you see the the genuflection nationally, but you you can see the importance it has to the Dodgers and to the Celtics fans. It's cool to shoot for a guy to be a part of your sports town yeah. and only your sports town forever. That's what the Cardinals are trying to do with Kyler Murray. It's cool when that gets to happen, especially in the 21st century. And in the meantime, I know it's, it's a weird zig against the zag that is the QB league, but <laughs> Tomlin clearly believes that they can dominate defensively, and maybe they can. I mean, there are a couple exceptions of in this millennium that, that prove the rule that you can't win a Super Bowl by being defensively dominant. The Buccaneers, the Jaguars tried to do it, what, five years ago now, and they almost got to a Super Bowl doing it that way. Precious little evidence you can win that way, but you know, I, I, as I say, in the meantime, better situation for Mitchell Trubisky. That's the glass half full spin on that, leaving Nagy and the Bears to go to Tomlin and the Steelers. That's an upgrading environment. And then you have Kenny Pickett, the local kid. How fun would that be if it worked out? It would be like Marino in 83 going from Pitt to the Steelers and, and doing that and doing great things there. This is what the, the, the locals have pined for. For forty some years, Dave. That's what they want. The, the Yinzers love to see a Pittsburgh. Yinzers, yeah. Win games, all the better, dude. All the better. Yeah. Now, what is? By the way, speaking of which, what what is the Steelers' new stadium, and why are the Yinzers so partial to a ketchup bottle? Dude, ketchup is good. And anybody who tells you don't put no uh, no ketchup on your hot dog is a liar. It's fine. And by the way, I'm not going to live. I'm not going to live in, in in some world where other stranger human beings get to dictate to me what goes on my wiener. I'm in charge of of what goes on it, what doesn't go on it. And if I want to put ketchup onto my wiener, that's none of your business. Stay out of my affairs now. Uh, yes, uh, it, it, Dave, it's called Acrosure or something like that. I don't know, Dave. They took down the ketchup bottles and all that. Um, <laughs> yes, people were <laughs> – speaking of grown-up people, grown-up yeah. human beings. 
right. on the banks of the three rivers, I starting don't get petitions, it. starting petitions to try to make them bring back the ketchup bottles. This this is like watching The Bachelor. I don't, or, or The Bachelorette, I should say. I don't have high self esteem, but then I watch The Bachelorette and I see the the cavalcade of losers that were chosen to be on that show, and I feel like, well, at least I'm not that guy. Same thing. I did, At least I, I have my flaws, but at least I didn't devote some precious time that I have here in the big blue marble to petition my favorite football team to bring back gigantic uh, ketchup bottles to put inside the stadium. You know? Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Dave Damashek, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Before we let you go, I know you uh, never pass up an opportunity to uh, you know focus on your, your favorite non-Steelers team, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the ruling that came out, the six-game suspension, the appeal by the NFL. I think we're all bracing for this to be a long, drawn-out, deliberate process. But just your, your thoughts on how the NFL has handled this so far. Well, I, I'm surprised. It's a funny irony that uh, Goodell, after all the years of taking the slings and arrows for his inconsistent player conduct policy and, and the uh, – suspensions that he handed down and like one wasn't enough and then the next one was too much and back and forth so then they go get a third party and then sue robinson weighs in they're like yeah i'm gonna have to take this one back (laughs) um but either way it does seem like they're tracking in a better direction it just is a a hideous look and i know you know it would it it was funny when you got the watson ruling from sue robinson a week ago how quickly people moved into. So what does this mean for the AFC North? How many games might the Browns win? And it does point to, like, if he's out there and all of a sudden they're winning games in October, people will very quickly forget yeah. um, that he's a weirdo. I mean, that that is some <laughs> legit – That I mean, that is some legit creepy behavior. And if you doubt that, go dig up the text messages, and you'll see that I'm right there. Um, and, and the thing with the Browns is I know they're desperate. If you're a Browns fan – you weren't a part of the decision-making process. This one is on the Haslam's and Andrew Barry. You don't have to support the decision. You can stand by your team, just as I always say. You as a fan, if you've been with that team for a couple of few decades, of course you care more than the 23-year-old player who just got drafted out of Florida to play for your team. Just because he wears the, the, the right logo on the helmet doesn't mean he cares even as much as you, a fan, does. Same thing here. Ownership groups come and go. You don't have to abide by their bad decisions. They are Icarus. They were so desperate that they flew on purpose up to the sun to get to Sean Watson when they had Baker Mayfield, a perfectly reasonable quarterback, to play there. They did this to themselves. Mm-hmm. They Browns again. The Browns <laughs> remain the Browns for now and for eternity. And the last thing I'll say as you head into a hideous uniform matchup against the Bungles this weekend, just a reminder, everybody, <laughs> don't predicate what you think is going to happen in the 2022 regular season on what you see this coming weekend. Remember, August is a month-long lie to your eyes. It is a Civil War reenactment, <laughs> preseason football only looks like the real thing. Love it that. Ain't. Don't base anything you think off of that. A, a lie civil- to your eyes, a Civil War reenactment. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. We appreciate the the reminder, Dave. Always good to talk to you. We'll, we'll chat again soon. I uh, love uh, keeping tabs on you guys. Keep up the great work. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs>
Dave Damashek, he hosts the Minus 3 podcast. He joins us periodically during football season and around the calendar. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, Pete Rose was back in Philadelphia for a Phillies event. And we could Cheese say steaks. it just didn't go that smoothly. We'll tell you more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. When Dan Bickley and Vince Murata talk about baseball, it's chin music. And they know a lot about chin music. Did you ever look at the chins on those two guys? <laughs> weird to have a 40th anniversary 42 years after the event but that's what went down in philadelphia yesterday oh yeah because this was canceled the 40-year anniversary of the phillies winning the world series was canceled uh, due to covid for two straight years so they got around to it yesterday and it included an, uh, an appearance from pete rose mm-hmm. on that 1980s philadelphia phillies team and uh pete rose was made available to the media after the ceremony, and was asked by a reporter uh, named Alex Coffey uh, about allegations of Pete Rose having improper uh, relationship with uh, a girl under 16 all the way back in the 70s. Yeah. That, now, this this it was a story that broke in 2017. I yes. don't know how I missed this. That was um, – well, it actually stemmed from – John Dowd, who did the the Dowd report into into the gambling, he had made allegations on a radio show that Pete Rose was having relationships with 12 and 14-year-old girls. So then there was... Well, that's kind of alarming. There was a defamation lawsuit filed by Pete Rose in 2017. It wasn't talked about a lot because I was with you when I heard and, and read about this story. I was like, where... Where was I when yeah. all this happened? Where did the, uh, exactly. But, and it was something where the Phillies kind of chose the moment to distance themselves from Pete Rose. Yes. So fast forward to over the weekend, they're celebrating the 1980 team that won mm-hmm. a uh, a World Series title. You remember that team, don't you? Gary Maddox, Craig Luzinski, Trio, McGraw, Larry Boa, so, Mike Schmidt. Yeah, so Pete Rose played third base for that, for that Phillies team. And first base. First base. Yeah. That's right. He played first base for that Phillies team. And so they had a celebration, and here comes Pete Rose waddling out into the baseball field, being part of this, and now he's being asked questions about this. Mm-hmm. And his response was basically, give me a break. It was 50 years ago. Yeah, Pete, uh, Alex Coffey, the reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer, asked about it and said, no. Uh, Pete Rose re- responded with, no, I'm not here to talk about that. Sorry about that. It was 55 years ago, babe. So that, and a lot of people are focusing on the babe word yes. that he dropped and, and how tone deaf and how unless he was doing the Dennis Miller impression fifty five years ago, babe. Yeah, um, right. Pete Rose was asked by another reporter this time from the AP about it and uh, went off on that reporter too. I'm here for the Philly fans. Do you, I, you know, I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm here for the Philly fans. I'm here for my teammates, okay? I'm here for the Philly organization. And who cares what happened 50 years ago? You weren't even born. So you, you shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't born. And if you don't know a damn thing about it, don't talk about it. I mean, 
He probably that reporter might not have been born in 1980 either when they won the World Series yeah, 42 years ago. But you can ask about that. Right. You can't have it both ways. Why Pete. do they keep inviting this like well that's disgusting sleazy that's, guy to things? That that's that's the thing here. It's it to me. Uh, why are you even doing that? Why are you bringing that up? Because is, especially in a city where the Phillies have made it clear that they're trying to to kind of give him the Heisman a little uh, Heisman a little bit based on this. Yeah, you, you, you can say that very easily. Yeah, yeah, it was 50 years ago. It was a different world. But come on, you're talking about girls that young. I mean, that's just that's just grotesque. Alex and, Co- and, and P. Rose didn't do himself any favors the way he handled that. No, and then he went to the booth. They actually had him on the broadcast in the booth on the Phillies game, and he cursed twice on the air. The the announcers were like you could you could sense that they were mortified by the whole conversation. Uh, Alex Coffey, uh, the writer, also tweeted, Rose was made available after the ceremony. Someone, maybe an agent, said he had something to say to me, but he didn't seem to know he was ex- uh, he didn't seem to know he was expected to say anything. He asked me if he'd offended me and said, quote, will you forgive me if I sign a thousand baseballs for you before saying sorry? <laughs> yeah, and that's obviously thick with snark, right? You know, he's yeah. 81 years old. Yeah, 81 yeah. years old, um, and I think we've probably seen the last appearance by Pete Rose in Cincinnati or Philadelphia celebrating anything. Mm-hmm. I think he's had the opportunity to do it now. So for the critics you know, or, or for the fans, uh, they could say that they, they gave them that opportunity. Uh, but it, it's, it's like a hurricane. Oh, That was like a hurricane yeah. yesterday. Yeah. How many people he offended in the process? I, I know. But and who would surprise though? That's like the no, thing but, is like, yeah. why do you keep inviting him to these things? Why do you keep giving him like microphones and stuff? Yeah. Every so he, time the guy is just like a dumb. sleazy guy. Yeah. I, like I, a sleazy guy? Well, I know. Like. <laughs> yeah. But then there's the separate conversation about well, and, and uh, some people pointed out. His lack of um, understanding or willingness to answer the questions yesterday in a, in a diplomatic way shows a, a lack of contrition, which obviously did not serve him well for years and years in his quest to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame mm-hmm. because of a different subject. He just he doesn't really have that in him. And he didn't even deny. No. He just said that was yeah. however many uh, years ago. He didn't yeah. even say, no, that's actually years not true. Ago, you yeah. don't need to talk about you it. You would think somebody would go, uh, absolutely not. That That is garbage. It was garbage from day one. No, right. I mean, that was a yeah. long time ago. Come on. Yeah, all he did was talk down to the woman who asked him about we it. We don't talk about crimes that happened in the past. They're in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of the Statue of Limitations? A statue. What's the matter with you people? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah. Also, everybody. I hates agree with you, Jared. I don't know why people. I don't know. It, it's not a good idea to try him out for anything. Everyone hates him too. So every time he's at one of these things, looking the reporters for the gotcha are going without to. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And he's just he, and he's just digging in and digging in. Yeah, it's man. Yeah. His post. His baseball. You want to talk about the 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 death of a legend. In mid 1960s America, Pete Rose was about as big as it got. Yeah, Are you, and the hitting streak. I mean, the the quest for DiMaggio's streak in the 70s. I mean, he was everywhere. And it's yeah. been 30 plus years now of just this kind of stuff. Ugh. He used to be celebrated for running to first base after walks. Like, look at that. Look at Charlie Hustle. Mm-hmm. Look at how much he loves the game of baseball. Doesn't even walk when he's given a walk. 
Yeah. It's crazy. It's I, I'm with Jared. I don't I don't know. It's just not a good well, idea. Anybody, I, don't, I don't think any, it'll happen. Any again. event planners out there who are thinking and dreaming and concocting an event with Pete Rose, stop. Yeah. Coming up next, we'll hit the nine o'clock hour with some social studies. Sarah Gazelle will take us through it. That's straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, ninety eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.